wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. I want to ask you a question. Are you in? I'm in. Let's grow. Come on. Yeah, we're going to grow together. Well, God bless you. Have a seat today. Guys, uh, this Saturday at our Power Breakfast, I'm going to be challenging you to join me on a journey. I'm going to be challenging you to move beyond the ordinary, to embrace your design the way God designed you. Uh, it's really kind of a, a step further from this series that we're in about doing small things that results in big things. The series, as you know, is called Small Equals Big. Now, last Sunday, I issued a challenge to you, and this challenge is to be here each Sunday during the series, and so I hope you're following through with that because God wants your life to be outstanding. In other words, you're going to be standing out and rising above mediocrity. So thank you guys. Thank you so much. Hey, you know, we all want those big things to result in our lives, don't we? We want them. Uh, but in order to get there, we have to value and appreciate small things and integrate these small choices into our lives. Now, I, I shared with you last Sunday, I introduced something to you about myself, about me going through a season of personal change after having experienced a TIA. Some people said, I don't know what a TIA is. It's a, it's a mini stroke. They had that 10 weeks ago, and after multiple tests, they've said, well, you've had a lot of them. And, and, and I knew, and the doctors also said, something has to change. And uh, it's, you know, the, as I shared with you, my body chemistry is actually supposedly exceptional, but one huge problem was looming, and that huge problem was stress, because stress was actually mastering me. I was not mastering it. My physical assessments were stellar, but my stress assessments were not so stellar. Uh, you know, and here, here's what I've done. For the past 15 years, I uh, really, with the advice of a, of a doctor several years ago, I, I just choose to chose, made some choices in my life to begin to get just plenty of exercise, to eat right, to do all the healthy stuff I should be doing. In fact, my, my current specialist calls me a health nut. I argue with him. I said, that sounds weird. I know he goes, well, it is what it is. But, but, uh, but, you know, the truth is, here's the interesting fact. All the physical exercise and diet control did not prevent this from happening to me. And why? Because I was not in control of myself the way I should have been. In other words, self-control was lacking. I admit it. Even though I live a very disciplined life. See, I was allowing a myriad of small things to add up, producing a big thing that I didn't want. In other words, here's the way of looking at it is unmanaged, uncontrolled uh, stressors in my life were literally stopping the blood flow in my body and small things equaled a big thing, except it was a big thing in a bad way. Small habits, which originated with small ways of thinking, resulted in a big problem. Small things, such as cutting my sleep short, not delegating as I should, to not taking a day off. And what that means for me is that I don't do ministry work on a particular day. Uh, not, not ending the day when I should or not even having healthy rhythms in my daily and weekly schedules, allowing my thoughts to race, sometimes out of control. Those are small stressors that added up to a big thing called a TIA. And I lacked self-control in my mind. Now, 
my big jolt was my doctor saying, you need to change your life now or it's going to happen again. You see, what happened is stress led me down a wrong path. And honestly, I never really knew that a person who's spiritually healthy and physically healthy could experience this kind of stuff. But it's my, my reality. It's what I have to face. And so I think it's what we all need to face. And, so, and I have to change. I'm going to live to be 100. I'm not even halfway there. And so I'm in this process of change. And, and this process has not been easy or simple because there were unhealthy patterns in my life. So I begin making some changes. During this time, I've dropped a few balls and maybe did not refer, return a few text messages. And I had my up days and down days. But the truth is, I'm doing much, much better. Uh, now I, I'm taking my blood pressure one to three times a day. Uh, in fact, this past week, you'd, you'd be proud to know, my blood pressure was in normal range three times when I took my blood pressure. That's actually huge. That's huge for me, which shares, shares with me that this thing's working. Over the past month, I, uh, I've, I've watched my sleep patterns change. I've, I'm now averaging six hours and 40 minutes a night for sleep. And that's huge for me because I've changed from my average of five hours, 10 minutes of sleep per night. And this is over a period of time. So, so it's, it's a change in my mindset, really. I mean, that's why, like last night, I'm going, I need to catch up on some sleep. I was in bed by 8.30. I was asleep by 8.30. And that's just what I need to do. And that's what I, I just needed to change my way of thinking. I, so what I'm doing is I'm releasing and I'm delegating much more of the ministry around here. I'm really working to focus 80% of my time on what only I can do and what I must do. I'm getting better at taking a day off each work or week where I don't do ministry work. I'm, I'm working to give my brain a break from, from the normal track that it runs on the other days of the week. I'm working to establish healthy patterns in my life, my daily and weekly schedule. But really, it all comes back to fundamentally changing the way that I think, not with just those things, but really just the way that thoughts work in general. Uh, and, and so it comes back to this term of self-control. Uh, in fact, I'm in the process of altering my brain chemistry, and it's allowing me to become smarter, stronger, healthier, and wiser. It's, it's going to take me to a place where I can and will produce more fruit in my life and better fruit, because small changes bring about big results. And one of the things that I've been reminded during this season is this, and it's important, is that all the exercise and working out and healthy intake, dietary intake in your life, it's not going to really do the trick for you. Now, I continue to do that, and I believe in that, but really we also have to change the way that we think. That's why this message today is called Small Thoughts, because small thoughts can bring about big results, the big results that we desire, or they can bring about the big results that we don't desire. It's this principle right here. It's if you change your thoughts, you can change your life. And really, I hope you'll join me over this, this series of messages in this adventure of changing how you think, uh, gaining self-control over your thought processes and refusing to lean into what I call a cultural lie, which says that gym time and a healthy diet is going to take care of all this because I'm here to say it doesn't because our minds are more powerful than our bodies. It really comes back to our thoughts. You know, if you're working on 
healthy physical things in your life, you're going to audit your weight, right? If you're working on healthy physical things in your life, you're going to audit your protein and your fat and your carb and your calorie intake, right? You're going to audit your activity levels, and that's fine, that's good, and I encourage you to do that. But why not audit something that is more powerful than your physical body, and that's your mind? Why not audit the way that you think? So today I'm going to lead you in a very brief thought audit. I want you to take a look at this opportunity here just to change the way that you think. I want you to think on a scale of one to 10, one, am I worried or 10, am I peaceful? Where do you fall on that? And I'm talking about the real way that you are. Really, where are you on there? Where do you stay kind of most of the time? I know you're sliding around on there a lot, but, but if, if you were just to stop and to think about what has been going through my mind today, are you worried or are you peaceful? Second one is on the scale of one to 10, are you one at, the, at one end, are you negative? Or on the other end, are you positive? Are you negative or are you positive on that scale of one to 10? Where are you in there? Think about not where you want to be, but the reality of where you are. You know, when you're measuring your body, you don't just stand on the scales and say, well, it's not light enough, so, so you know, I'm just going to stand on it with one foot, and, and yeah, oh, that's where I am. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's not where you want to be, it's your reality. The other one is worldly versus eternal. And I don't want you to think about this. A lot of times we think of worldly as being sinful, and that's not necessarily the case. Worldly just simply means of the world. You're thinking thoughts and you're processing stuff that's, that's really just about life and existence today. You're caring more about worldly things than eternal things. Now, I don't want you to just mark these numbers and yeah, I'll leave that up there just a couple seconds longer I, because I want you to look at that. Think of those three numbers. Pick out those three numbers and add them together. You know, wh where are you? Pick those three numbers. And don't just try to force yourself to be one of those. But, but uh, just if you were to close your eyes and turn off your phone and focus on what really is running through your mind at the moment, what would you discover? If you add those numbers together and you're coming up with a number that looks like 15 or less than that, you're on the lower end of the scale. Paul said these words this is good about this, about what we would call worldly thinking. He says, don't copy the behavior and customs of the world. Now, we live, again, in, in, a, in a city culture, and, and, and it's important that we understand we do have to live in this culture, but we don't have to do all the things that the culture says. You don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but he challenges us to transform, that means to change, to, to do something different in us and, and we'll allow God to do it. So he says, let God transform you into a new person. How does God do that? By changing the way you think. But you're in control of the way that you think, not him. So when we change the way that we think, then God can transform us into a whole new person. Then, the Bible says, the result of this is you're gonna know God's will for you, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So God wants to transform you. God wants to change you. God wants you to be a new person. God wants you to change the way you think. So often, we, we're, we're not in God's will for our lives. And, and the reason is because we're not following along the right path. We, we've not allowed God in the picture to help us change the way we think. 
Because God's will for you is good. It's pleasing. It's perfect. That's what I desire. That's what you want. But the truth is, if our minds are racing in the wrong direction, there is no way we can engage God's good, pleasing, and perfect will for our lives. We need to make small changes in our thoughts because the small things we do that nobody else sees will result in the big things that we desire. Last week, I asked you to identify one verb and one verse and describe, really, this this is a description of what drives your life and what you're passionate about. And honestly, I believe that is the most critical element of this because it helps us to identify where we're going and where we receive our strength from. And and it also gives us an action, a verb, to help us to, to know what we feel called by God we're supposed to use to help get us there. It's great because this week I've had a just scores of conversations and text messages and emails and Facebook messages giving me verbs and verses. And I want to thank you for that. And if you've not sent them to me yet, give me your verb. Give me your verse. I want to, I want to join with you and agreeing with you that, that that can make a huge difference in your life. Because I believe it's the first and fundamental step in the process because it gets you going in the right direction. And if you missed last week's message, get the podcast. But as you know your one verb and one verse, then you can begin making Small changes. I encourage you to make the small changes beginning with your thoughts. Because if you change your thoughts, you can change your life. Now, the key word here is change. It's not to add more thoughts, but change your thoughts and change your way of thinking. The reason for this is because thoughts become words. And words become actions. And actions become habits. And habits become destiny. You see, it starts with your thoughts and ends with your destiny. It always follows a sequence. You don't just accidentally end up at some obscure destiny in life. No, it begins with small thoughts. See, life has this tendency to always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. But often we don't even know what our strongest thoughts are. Think about it. Where where are your thoughts really taking you? What are your strongest thoughts? Are those thoughts worried, negative, and worldly, or are they peaceful, positive, and eternal? Here's another question. What are you thinking about yourself? Do you loathe yourself or hate yourself in your mind while you're smiling on the outside? Do you find yourself demeaning and criticizing yourself in your mind while you're dressing smart and styling on the outside? Are you telling yourself that you're a loser and a failure in your mind while you're eating paleo and organic and going to the gym seven days a week. You know, it's important that we not beat ourselves up in the secret place of our mind while we're hanging our diplomas and degrees on our walls and rising to the top of the company because your thoughts will ultimately become the master of your destiny, not the other outward stuff. It's like what Solomon said, the wisest man who lived outside of Jesus. He says, as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Thoughts become reality. What are you thinking? What are you thinking about yourself? What are you thinking about the people around you? Even the people that love you the most, what are you thinking about them? What are the mind games that are keeping you up at night? I mean, are your thoughts negative and critical, pessimistic, or maybe even hateful? If so, your thoughts need to be changed because if you change your thoughts, 
You can change your life. And it's time that we get on board for a healthier life and a better destiny. A couple of weeks ago, I had a really bad day. Any of you guys ever had one of those where it's just a bad day? Yeah, I, I, you know, I think this is, every one of us is allowed to have a bad day every once in a while. My, it's where my, my mind and my body and my emotions were tired from just a long weekend of ministry, and I hadn't really taken an authentic day off from ministry work. And, and, and as a result of just so many things that were coming to me, and anxiety was kind of getting the best of me, and my doctor told me that day that, that, that you know, just told me some, just got on to me. You know, he ordered more tests, and I was lacking patience, and my mind started racing in the wrong direction. I kind of lost control of my mind, and, and, then, and then I just felt sad and depressed, and, and I recognized what was going on, so I just like, okay, this has to stop. And, and, uh, and so I, I called a ministry friend of mine, and, and this ministry friend, talked me through this and asked me some great questions. And, and what happened then is I realized just this simple fact, and this is why we need relationships, is because I realized and recognized, duh, I need to change some of the small things in my mind. But you know what? I, I didn't wait for someone to call me. I didn't wait for someone to walk up to me and say, can I pray for you or can I help you? No, no. I took action. I called him. I changed my way of thinking to get the encouragement that I needed. So, so how do we change our thoughts? So how do we knock them out? Well, it's very simple. It's, it, it, first of all, we have to destroy destructive thoughts. How do you like my, my play on words there, destroy destructive thoughts? But it, it's, it's really what we have to do. It's the first powerful step. And, and, and I just encourage you to consider what destructive thoughts might be racing through your own mind and hopefully you're identifying some of those now. And, and, and what, I, what I encourage you to do is to think deeply because some of the destructive thoughts might even be so commonplace to you that you haven't even realized that they have taken up permanent residence in your brain. It's like those thoughts are your friend. No, they're not. They're destructive and we need to destroy them. We need to wage war. Come on, it's time that we destroy some things, destroy destructive thoughts. Paul put it this way. He said, though we live in the world, and we live in this culture, we live in this world, we do not wage war as the world does. Because the weapons that we are fighting with are not the weapons of the world. Okay, this is different. That means we do things differently. This is on the contrary, we have divine power. That means power from God to demolish strongholds. Let me explain something here about this scripture. That word strongholds is not necessarily, we think of it as a military term. It's a stronghold, like a military stronghold. Really, the strongholds are simply in our minds. That's where the strongholds are. And, and, and it says we demolish that's a destructive word right there. We demolish arguments. That's where you're arguing with yourself and with other people in your mind. Ever do that? That says we demolish the arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And then look at this. And it says we take captive Every thought, it's military terminology, you're taking captive a thought, see yourself grabbing the thought, tying it up, taking it captive, and making it obedient to Christ. Thought, slap, slap, you're going to be obedient to Christ. You get it? That's destroying destructive thoughts. Thoughts such as, I can't, I won't, 
I'm not good enough. I can't change. I I can never be happy. I, I can't ever make a difference after what I did. Those thoughts must be destroyed and taken captive and made obedient to Christ. Now, please know this. You are not what you did. You are what God says you are. You are not what was done to you. You are a child of God. If you feel stuck in your life, know that you are an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb. If you've failed and fallen and and scraped your knees, then you get back up because God works all things for your good. Destroy the destructive thoughts because if you change your thoughts, you can change your life. Small equals big. God has a big destiny for you, but it's contingent upon the small ways that you think. In fact, I have a recommended book. It's called Switch on Your Brain by Dr. Caroline Leaf. Uh, there's this 21-day brain, brain detox. I encourage you to do that. It's a, uh, she, in this book, she gives powerful science and accompanies it with powerful scripture and puts it together to help you basically reclaim your brain. It's one of the best books that's out there today. And this is a perfect way. I, I encourage you to do this. I do it. It's a perfect way to start the process of destroying destructive thoughts and literally rewiring your brain because it can be done. So to change your thoughts, we need to declare war on the destructive thoughts. And another way that we change our thoughts is to focus forward. Focus forward. That's why I asked you to identify one verb and one verse last week because this is forward focus. For me, I focus on that moment where where I'm going to stand before Jesus. I told you this last week. It's when Jesus smiles at me and I'm standing there in eternity and he basically says, my paraphrase, where he says, great job, Tim. You've been a terrific servant. Uh, You didn't just talk the talk, but you actually lived the life. And, and, And you made big out of small. You did kingdom things that no one ever saw, but I saw it. And so I want you to enter into your eternal reward. You're going to love what I have prepared for you. See, that's what I live for. That motivates me to do what is right, to think right, to not worry, and to not even think and worry about what other people might think about me. Because focusing forward is about focusing on those spiritual things, those eternal things, those positive things. Because eternity, guys, it's positive. And those positive thoughts will help keep you on the right track. That's why Paul said this. He says, fix your thoughts. That means you're grabbing control of your mind here and you're going to fix, focus, uh, you're, you're going to control your thoughts on what's true, what's honorable, what's right, what's pure, what's lovely, what's admirable. You're going to think about things that are excellent. Think about things that are worthy of praise. And then the God of peace will be with you. You get it? Isn't that awesome? That's one of the reasons why we're going to be doing our night of worship here in two weeks. And Jordan and the team, they're working on doing this and they're, they're, they're pulling out all the stops for that night. And, and we're going to jolt our normal Sunday evening schedules and we're going to come together and we're going to worship and it's going to cause us to focus our minds in a different direction. We get our minds on Christ in an atmosphere of worship. That's what we're doing. It's going to make you begin to see God all at work around you when you do this. When you turn your focus to eternal things, it's going to help you to begin to think differently in life. 
You're going to begin to think in a positive manner where ministry opportunities are all around you. People need Jesus and you have the answer. Your sin is forgiven. There's no judgment for sin in your future. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. If you focus on things like that, it will help reboot your brain. Because if you change your thoughts, you can change your life. But if you think, well, I can't, I probably won't, you know, then it's not going to happen. If you dwell on your problems, then they will overtake you. If you feel like a victim, you're going to become one. Resist those thoughts or they will shape your destiny. I have a thought strategy that I've come up recently, and this is something that I've only recently just grabbed hold of as I've been walking through this process myself. I've not mastered it 100%. Like I just said, it's a thought strategy. But my strategy revolves around three words, peaceful, positive, and productive. And I encourage you to put together a strategy. If you want to send me your strategy this week, like you sent your verb and verse last week, great, that's fine. But here's what I'd like for you to do is to claim your strategy. I I like three words. You may like one word. You may want a, a sentence, but it needs to be something you can memorize. Three words for me, peaceful, positive, productive. That's pretty simple. That's what I choose to be. For me, this is a strategy for my mind. And so, again, in this series of messages, I'm taking you on my journey. I'm taking you along the journey here. And so that first one, peaceful, for me, means that I'm not going to let my mind race. I'm not going to create these ridiculous, worst-case scenarios imagining conflict. You ever do that? I find myself doing that all the time. I caught myself because I've been a lot more alert to what's going through my mind recently. And, and, and I, was, I was driving down the road and some guy got right up on my tail and was kind of pushing and nudging me. And I was stopped at a stoplight. And all of a sudden, my mind went crazy. And probably about, about 10 seconds, I imagined all of this. I imagined the guy getting up next to me and bumping my bumper. And then he gets out of the car and he comes up and starts banging on my window. And then I imagined, okay, I'm just going to sit and ignore him. But he's banging so hard, he bashes the window out. And then I look and then he has a gun and then I reach over and pull out the gun that I don't have in my car but in my mind I have the gun in my car and we are having a shootout in the streets and then all of this is going on and I'm thinking what's it going to look like and, and then I thought where did my mind just go you guys get that? that I know that never happens to you but I was doing a shootout but you know when God's in charge you can have a peaceful mind and when my mind I choose for it to be peaceful I also choose positive. My mind is searching out the positive around me, searching out at home and the community and relationships and in my finances and in health and in the world. I choose to walk away from negative people and negative situations, negative discussions or attitudes, negative media. Oh my goodness, that's all over the place because I want my mind to be on the positive. So I run toward the things that help me with that. I, and I, I've identified really four things that I run toward which really helps my mind. And that's running toward my Bible reading, running toward worship, running toward church, just this, this atmosphere, and running toward my discipleship group. You know, wherever there are those positive, affirming relationships, you run toward them. And the third one is I choose to be productive. My mind is set on making a genuine difference. The kind of difference that's going to have eternal implications because I choose to think productive. I keep doing temporal things. Yeah, I pick up trash, and, but, but I give my heart and my mind to the productive things that are going to matter for eternity. A worldly mindset is all about what I can get in the here and now. A productive mindset is about how I can contribute in the here and now with my mindset on eternity. 
So ultimately, guys, when we think that way, it's not about me. Ultimately, it's about him. It's about Jesus. My mind is not only set on what I desire at the moment, but on what God wants for eternity. That's how to make my mind productive. Paul says it this way. He says, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with what the Spirit, with the Spirit, they have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. See, your flesh refers to your desires, what you want. If that's governing your mind, you lose. If your mind is being governed by the Spirit of God, you win. And your reward is life, your reward is peace, and that's an awesome deal. There's a special rest that's waiting for the people of God, and that's why I want us to all enter into that rest. So change your thoughts. No more thinking, I can't, because I can do all things through Christ. He gives me the strength to do it. I choose to trust God with everything that I can't control. And with God's help, I can change. You can also change the way you think, because it's not by my strength or power, but it's by God's power that I'm going to be different. I will be a giver because I truly believe that it's more blessed to give than to receive. I am a new person. The old is gone and the new has come. The small things no one sees results in the big things we desire. Small thoughts. What are the small thoughts you're choosing? What are they? If you don't take action on them, your thoughts aren't going to change. In fact, this will just simply become a nice little motivational message that some people would pay $250 to come and hear that doesn't really change anything. You ever been through those? I, I, I want you to change. The difference here is that the power of God is available and God gives you the power to make a choice. God gives you the power to make change. You do not have to remain in your current mode of thinking. And a great way to get started is to get happy about God. I love what the Bible says. He is, uh, David says this. It says, may all my thoughts be pleasing to him, for I rejoice in the Lord. Do you see this? This is, a, this is actually a cause and effect, which says that when my thoughts, my thoughts will change because I'm rejoicing in God. So as we close today, we're going to sing again. That's part of getting our minds on him and our thoughts on him. And it's a perfect way for you and I to invite God to be a part of the process and to invite God to help you to destroy destructive thoughts and gain this forward focus and to ask God to help you create a new thought strategy. I don't know whether it's being peaceful, positive, and productive like my strategy is. But create that strategy because when you change your thoughts, you can change your life. Before we go any further, I want you to pray with me. Would you just close your eyes for a moment and will you focus internally? If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, you want a clean slate and you're ready to live your life with a renewed sense of purpose, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond. You want to be included in this closing prayer and make Jesus the Lord of your life on the count of three and ask you simply to raise your hand because faith is when we respond outwardly to what's happening inwardly. There's the count, number one, God loves you so much. Two, he died for you so that you can have life. Three, everything happens today. Do you want that prayer right now? Lift your hand. If you raise your hand, I want you to pray along with the entire congregation of believers right now. Pray these words with me. 
Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins. I believe you're the Son of God. Please forgive me of my sins. Today I give up my past and I embrace the future you have for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's rejoice in the Lord. Let's free ourselves from the thoughts that are binding us up. Will you please stand to your feet right now and let's move into the song together. Get your eyes on Jesus.